Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with a very exciting guest in Robert Ingalls. So we were having a little bit of discussion on this. Robert is actually the chief podcast strategist of Law Pods. But given that this is a podcast, there's a chance that if you're listening to this, you've considered having a podcast for yourself. And if you're an attorney, which I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you aren't, this is absolutely the guy you need to talk about. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Robert. Hey, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Okay, awesome. So let's get into the origin stories, dude. Like, how'd you end up doing podcasts and specifically podcasts for attorneys? Dude, this is uh, how much time do you have? But <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering attorney myself. I did almost seven years and the, I can kind of trace it all back to six words, really. Yeah, I had just gotten married. This is 2015. I'd been married a few months. I was packing for the lake. My wife walks in and says, I want to have a baby. That'll do uh, it. That'll do it. Okay. Well, when? now like now now and she's like well i took my temperature i think now is good and and that kind of floored me because when we got married it was like maybe we will maybe we won't you know and so it was always like tomorrow guy's problem and all of a sudden it was like next year like a tiny person might live here and 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 i had a bit of a proper freak out mostly unbeknownst to my wife but it was the problem was i just i was profoundly unhappy in my career and a lot of that, I didn't really have a word for it at the time, but it was due to anxiety. I had severe anxiety. And anybody who's practiced in litigation who has anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. It's not really the best area to force you into like, oh, you have anxiety? Here, be in constant conflict all the time. <laughs> and, and so I looked, I was just in this place in my career where I was really unhappy, really anxious, really overwhelmed. And I thought I can't also be responsible for a new person. And after that freak out, you know, passed and I had a second think again, I made a list. I feel like that's kind of a, an attorney thing. I made a list. What are the things that need work? At the top of the list was money. I've listened to some episodes of your podcast and some of the episodes talk about, you know, people like I came out in 2011 and money wasn't great for attorneys. There were people scrapping for 35 and 40 grand a year jobs, scrapping for them. And so money wasn't great. And I, I wanted to, so I said, I got to get my money together if I'm going to feed somebody else. And so I listened to this book on money. I went to the next book that they recommended. That book said, listen to our podcast. And I'd never listened to a podcast. I picked up my phone. I went into the Apple app. I hit play. And here we are, man. You know, it's that easy. No, it's a, but I, within 30 days, I own this microphone. I, I mean, go big or go home, right? And I, it just had such an impact on me. The medium immediately grabbed me and was so appealing to me that I got invested really quickly. I just, I loved it. I loved how personal it was. I loved that everything was there. And, and I bought this mic and I started practicing. I started a podcast out of my law firm. And fast forward, other lawyers eventually started asking me, hey, could you help us do that thing? We see you're doing it. And you know, the not, not to draw the story out forever, but really from there, I just, 
really hustled for, for years to, to bring this to fruition, but eventually I was able to quit a, uh, you know, quit and go all in on this. And I've been all in for well over two years now. And it's, um, thankfully going really well. That's awesome, man. I gotta say, it's really inspiring that you were able to connect the dots so quickly on it. And it's, it's kind of an interesting little world that we live in here. I definitely took a little bit longer to buy a mic for sure, but like, it's, it's cool that you made the connection because whenever I'm talking about this podcast, I had a conversation earlier with a prospect. And the first question I asked, like, Hey, I got a podcast. Are you a podcast person? And it's either a yes or it's a no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Other people are like, yeah, send me the book. Yeah, should be some videos. But like, you know, us, this thing of ours, like, it's such a thing too. But I mean, it's it's great that you were able to take the jump and kind of do that. But as far as, um, let's kind of roll it back to uh, the kind of situation when you started. And so if I'm hearing that correctly, so the first podcast you started was while you're at the firm, right? Yeah, I was still practicing. I was, I was in, I was still practicing. I hadn't decided I didn't want to be a lawyer yet. That would have picked up like a side hustle. Um, any lawyer listening to it would probably know a, a little bit like Doc Review, the $25 an hour, just uh, kind of sweatshops that they put lawyers in, 200 lawyers to a room just clicking a mouse. And that's where it all started. That's where I listened to that first book because I was just like kind of moonlighting um, after work doing those jobs. And it gave me, they're such mindless jobs that it gave me an opportunity to listen to books. And, and that's where I listened to that first book. That's where I was sitting when I pressed play on my first podcast. And that kind of catapulted me in that direction. Because that's the thing too, like as far as the situation for people that are listening to it, like something I've heard from people is like, yeah, you know, I'd love to have a podcast. I just don't really know whether my clients would want to listen to it. And like, you know, obviously you've launched quite a few lawyer podcasts at this point too. So like, what would you say to the person who's thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, I hear that a lot, but that's, the, these are common objections. And I don't think, I think they're right to think that like, you know, my clients aren't kind of clients that would want that. But that's a story that we've heard over and over. We heard it with websites. We heard it again with social media. We heard it with, you know, YouTube. We heard it with every kind of new thing that was coming up in marketing is no, we're different. We don't need that. And podcasting is proving every year. If we look at the graphs year over year, they're so sexy. I love looking at them every new yeah. year. It's a staircase every single year. It's familiarity with the word. It's ever listen, but the one that always attracts me is weekly listenership. Those are people that have made it a habit. It's a part of their life now. And consumer behavior was starting to shift back in 17 and 18 when I got into it, like as a career. And it's really shifted now to where people are starting to expect brands to have some type of audio content they can engage with because people like we like videos, mm -hmm. but uh, I know I was listening to one guy on your podcast who was talking about, I'm having an attention span. You send me a YouTube video. I'm not listening. Yeah, four yeah. minutes? I'm not four minutes to sit and watch this. And uh, the younger generation especially really enjoys being able to listen to something. Mm -hmm. And if you, when you can give someone the ability to get answers to your questions, because for a lot of lawyers, they are, someone is visiting your website because they have a problem. They're not just right. hanging about seeing what you're up to. Well, let's just see what's going on in the criminal right. world. <laughs> Either they've been injured in an accident, they need to get a, you know, they, they need a will, or maybe one of their parents passed and need probate, like whatever. Something's going on, and they're usually showing up to you for some answers. They're getting a divorce. And that's one of the reasons blogs gain so much popularity is we wanted to give people answers to their questions and let them know we're an expert. We know what we're talking about and give them some answers let them feel comfortable with us no like trust come on in podcast takes it to the next level because it does what blogs do on that front 
as far as letting people, you know, what you're talking about. It's very good for SEO. You're filling those things with keywords, letting, you know, whatever they're searching for, make episodes about it. But it also does that next extra thing of bringing them into your world. You're letting them hear you. You're whispering in their ear. You are letting them get to know your sense of humor that which can qualify them or disqualify them, which I think is equally important because when you're going to go on a journey with a lawyer, it's a, it can be, especially like litigation, that can be a year's journey. And it's really good to know right away. I don't care for that person at all. That saves everybody a lot of time. Yeah. And, and so I like that, but it also lets people go. I kind of like that person. I, I have a good vibe. I have a good sense for them. And people always trust those intuitions. And then they sit down across the table from you you open your mouth. And I've had my clients tell me this. Multiple clients have told me that clients will say, I knew exactly what you were going to sound like before you said, before you even said anything. And it, it's a little different than videos too, because A, videos are hard to make. Yeah. So few people do them well. They get so uptight. They get so in their head. They put their hands like this and they go, look at all my books. <laughs> and, and they're all usually so bad. But with podcasting, it, they, there's, they won't, a lot of them don't do it with a camera, which I recommend they do it because I think there's a lot of value in the video, but they get a little bit more relaxed. They know that we can edit it for them. Mm -hmm. And so they say, well, they, they just kind of go instead of being so like, oh, I got to stick to my script. And, and so they get, you get that more, you get the vibe of who they are. I feel like you get to know them a little bit. They, they, you know, roll their sleeves up and, um, and, and so you can connect with people a lot better. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of really good reasons to do podcasting. Those are some of the big ones. I, I think, I think there's always going to be practice areas maybe that aren't perfect for it, but I think there's always a good opportunity because it's either you're educating your clients, you're educating referral sources, you're letting people know, like, and trust you. But then there's also the thought leadership aspect. You want to be the first person talking about the thing. A lot of my big law clients, they are creating things, not necessarily to go directly to the end consumer, but for branding. They want to be out in the marketplace with their voice talking about the thing. Other lawyers see them, and they, that's the person talking about the thing. And so a lot of their listeners are actually other lawyers that want to come get analysis about new issues and things like that. Mm -hmm. no, that's awesome. And I think, honestly, if you can accept the central premise, anyone listening, any, you know, we're, we're probably speaking preaching to the choir at this point, too. But like for anyone who has those sort of objections, like I don't think anyone could deny that people want to have their questions answered in legal. And, you know, I don't think anyone can deny that there's certain people who prefer audio content. So for that, you know, Venn diagram, there's a purpose for it. And um, also to your point, dude, I, I definitely want to stick a pin in that conversation later with the video, adding on to video and syndicating it. But I totally agree too. And like, I mean, I'm sure you've had this moment before too. And people like, have you ever heard this? Like when, when you end up speaking with somebody, you found you through the podcast, like, it's crazy. I feel like I've known you for months, right? And it's just that instant level of familiarity and um, the other thing I got to say is just like having done this, like, you know, uh, we, we've written books before. I used to do blog posts, that kind of stuff too. Researching, writing, polishing all the grammar and making sure the turns of phrase are, are just so. Um, it could take me a day to write a 2000 word podcast, but we're going to probably do a 20,000 word podcast in the next 40 minutes. It's just from a time perspective. It's just the easiest thing that I can think about from a content perspective. So um, yeah, man, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things like when we're putting out marketing, one of them is more content in a fraction of the time, because that that's really the thing that's helped us grow. I think is that lawyers come in and they're usually apprehensive in the beginning mm -hmm. and they go, I don't know, let's see, we'll try it out. And we don't lose clients. It's amazing because, you know, when we created our business plan, we, 
we created a certain amount of lost clients. We just assumed every year you're not going to keep it so many. We do not lose clients right now. Now that's going to change at some point. It always does. But when somebody comes in, they find the value to be so good that they stick with us because they're able to come in. Like you just said, it takes me like so long to write a 2000 word post, like, because I'm going to write it. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to read it. Like I'm really going to every little comma. And it's, it's frustrating for me. But when I'm speaking, I'm not going to have the podcast edited like that. I rarely edit myself at all because I just want people to hear what I have to say. I want to have a conversation and I want someone to be privy to it is really how I approach podcasting. And there's so much content that you can bring. So the lawyers, they sit down and they talk for 20, 30 minutes, and then they're done. Especially like if they work with us, they sit down, they talk for 20 or 30 minutes, they hang up, they're done. We're going to take it, we're going to edit it, mix it with professional voiceover intros and outros, cut out the ums, uhs, awkward pauses, uh, if they misstate the law, things like that. Anything they want to cut, we're going to cut. And then we're going to write long form show notes. We're going to transcribe the entire thing, you know, put links throughout all of that, and then turn it into a full length video, turn it into micro pieces of content, little video snippets that you can put on YouTube, you can put on Instagram social and image quotes, things, just all of these repurposed pieces of micro content. So you get done with your 20 to 30 minutes and then you look and your marketing team's got like 12 different files that they can use in various places from that one conversation that you had. And when lawyers look at their business development plans, I talk to them about this and they've got all these different things that they have to do. More than one has told me, I can make the podcast look like a much bigger part of my business development plan so I end up having to spend a little bit less time than I'm accustomed to spending because I'm getting so much content from that commitment of time that I put in for the podcast. Yeah, there's just so much leverage to it too. And if there's one thing you know about lawyers, it's you know, time is usually at a pretty significant premium. So, I mean, honestly, I think it's, you know, it's fantastic. So, okay, I want to go into what do you think are the biggest mistakes? I'm sure you got a situation where you're auditing these. Like, what do you see people messing up most frequently when you're checking out lawyer podcasts? And there's a lot of things. Um, I'll try to give you the big list, but I'll tell you, number one is usually so boring. It, it, it really tends to be the number one thing I see is lawyers will treat it like it's, you know, like an audio blog and they'll just, they will script every word and they will sit and they will read that script. And no one wants to listen to that. It's so frustrating that they would think that someone wants to listen to that. There, there might be really good information in there, but if it's 20 minutes long and it's you reading off of something like, no, I, you just post that. I could read, I can read that. Mm. You know, I can, I can let my website reader, I can just click my website reader and let it read it to me. And it would yeah. be just as engaging. And so boring is a big one. And so that's part of what we do with clients. We work with them on that. We, we work through mindset exercises. We make them practice. Uh, we say outline, don't script because you already know what you're talking about. You're the expert. That's why you're talking. Outline what you want to talk about and then riff. That's mm -hmm. how you do it. But there's a few other things that people do terribly wrong. Um, one of them is usually just have a really bad microphone. It's they'll record right into their laptop. And because they're, I think they have this idea that doing anything other than that's going to be too difficult. When in reality, um, you know it, you, all you need is a $60 microphone that you plug right in the side of your computer and it sits on your desk and you can sound all honestly, pretty indistinguishable from the way I need. And most of my lawyers, we, we actually set them up with a gear rig in the beginning because we don't want them doing any homework. The more homework we give them, the less <laughs> yeah. they do anything, right? Yeah. And so we set them up with a gear rig and 
they're just doing their regular calls on the gear rig now. They just like it. They enjoy it. They're like, it sounds so good. And they get their yeah. headphones. And, and so it's getting that sound good because when you have terrible sound, like they do it on their laptop and then the fan on the laptop starts running when you're doing intensive stuff. And then it sounds because it's right next to the microphone and it sounds like a jet engine's taking off. And then they don't have an audio engineer. So they're not even going in and trying to dampen that noise that's in the background. And they're just publishing it like that. And it's atrocious. No one wants to listen to that. Like, and then, and then they'll ask us like, well, we're nobody's, you know, people showed up and then they didn't come back and I'll listen. I'll be like, yeah, it's, have you listened to this? It's terribly difficult to listen to. And and then a few small things that I see done wrong that are so easy is lawyers will not put it on their website. Mm. Just like, it'll just it'll be on like Apple podcast maybe, but it's not on their website at all. And even if it is, it's like super hard to find. And then you'll go and you'll finally find it. And it'll be a button that says, click the listen. And you click it and two things sometimes will happen. One, I get taken to SoundCloud. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> right, right. I'm glad you can appreciate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but like off the website, and then another time, sometimes I'll click it and it'll open an MP3 in the browser. Like it's like, oh, one or something. And I'm like, what kind of, who, who is helping you with this? Yeah. And, that's, and then, and then so another funny. one I see that's really poorly done is they will not be on the major platforms. Like sometimes they'll be on SoundCloud, but then not be on Apple or Spotify. If you're not on Apple and Spotify, you don't exist like as yeah. a podcast. And then that's another thing I'll see is they'll call it a podcast, but it's actually just MP3s on their website. Yeah. It's not on any podcast players. And I mean, I could go on about that for a while, but those are some of the big ones that I see done poorly that I think really aren't that difficult, especially the last ones I talked about. Are you can do that kind of stuff in a weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the syndication stuff is definitely super, super important. It's like all these different things too. Like, look, I'm not a Stitcher guy or a Spotify guy from a podcast perspective. Like I, I subscribe to Apple, but like all of those are distinct audiences. But I want to dig down on the first one, which is the boring content. <laughs> so I'm sure that you have some, some good pieces of advice, but I had a question. So, I mean, obviously we want to keep somebody in mind, but do you work through the attorneys that you work with as far as like an average, you know, client avatar or who they're speaking to on a given podcast? Is that sometimes more than one person? Like if you wanted to speak to potential referral sources and potential prospects, like would you be recording different pieces of content for this? Or how do you think about that as, as a, in the strategy as a whole? I mean, I really do try to think who is my avatar? Who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. I think that's usually the most important thing. If it's a, if it's a personal injury podcast, mm -hmm. I think it's very important to think, what is this specific episode about? Is this about, you know, firefighter foam? I know that's a big one. I want to be speaking directly to somebody who is, has either struggled with that issue, the firefighter themselves, the family of someone who's passed away from a cancer from that from that problem, I want to be thinking exactly who that person is. And I want to be talking to them with them in mind. And, or if it's somebody who's been injured in an accident or it's, or it's a young family that just had children and they realize, wow, if we die right now, our, we have no, nothing set up every, like our kids, who knows who's even going to get them. Cause we didn't designate anybody and things like that. You want to speak specifically to the people who, who you're, you know, creating the episode for. And then I always think when I'm launching the podcast is something we work with people on is why are we doing it? Why are we creating this podcast to start with? Is it a random act of marketing? Because that's not really a good idea. Yeah. Is it better to have a mediocre one than not to have one at all? And so why are we doing it? What do we hope to get out of it? And sometimes we don't have a why and sometimes we have too many whys. 
Mm-hmm. And in too many wise, I think is a big problem because then we try to do too many things with it. We try to go, you know, I'll see a firm that'll have eight practice areas, which is a scary thought to me anyway, but it's, they'll have eight practice areas and then they'll want to take one podcast and then do like every eight episode is about the same thing. So you have to go eight more episodes down the feed to find the next family law yeah. uh, episode. And that's such a bad user experience that people listen to it and they just go, wait, what, where's, where's the next one? I mean, if they're on your website and they're categorized, well, that's, you know, helpful, but if they're in a podcast player, that's such a bad user experience that it's, uh, I see that done and that's, and that's kind of a mess there. Yeah. I was going to say like, you know, I can imagine the RSS feed for that guy. It's like, no, going to subscribe to that podcast. No one, like you might find the standalones, but yeah, <laughs> like, oh, cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, like get my uh, assets protected. And now I'm hearing about intellectual property. Right. <laughs> like, right. Fast towards. Oh man, it's crazy. Uh, okay. That's awesome. And then as far as kind of the content stuff too, like, I feel like there's, you know, the longer that you go in the run and how do you have people that continue to come up with fresh content ideas every time? And I've got a, you know, the approach that we take, but I'm really curious as far as like the attorney side of things, like how do you keep finding things to talk about every week? And that's, man, it's funny you ask that because I get asked that question a lot. That's one of the objections that we get with a lot of clients is what are we going to talk about? Like we have maybe two or three things we think we can talk about, but we don't know what we'll talk about after that. And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier is we don't lose clients. And one of the reasons is we're able to help them understand that there is limitless content. If you're a firm that relies heavily on SEO, then that, I mean, that's really helpful from a content perspective because you go look, you know, we pull your SEO, we see what are people searching for when they find you. And now we have, I mean, you just look at the first page and we've got 50 specific episodes sometimes that we can speak to. Okay. We'll make an episode about that. We'll make an episode about that. And they don't, I recommend your episodes be much shorter. Like, I don't think that a 45 minute episode about estate planning is probably a good use of time or personal injury or really anything. I mean, not to say a 45 minute episode can't be very valuable if it's the right specific episode, but if you're doing an FAQ hit, you need to take 15, 20 minutes, maybe a little longer to just speak about that specific issue. Maybe tell some anecdotes from your own personal experience that help and, but wrap it up relatively quickly. So people just, they're there for information. I mean, you might be the kind of lawyer that is so entertaining. Like I got some friends that practice law who I would just listen to them riff about whatever. Yeah. But most people, A, aren't there for that. But B, most people aren't that entertaining. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's not our job, right? Yeah. And so it's just talk about the thing, get it wrapped up, throw a little bit of yourself in there, and then move on. And when you look at it from that perspective, there is just limitless amounts of content. And then look at what other people are making content around. Like do some, you know, look into some results of what other people in your practice area are having very successful content around. There's so much like PI, we work with a lot of PI injury attorneys mm-hmm. and like we'll run out of days in our lives before we run out of content for them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's always something new. There's always something going on. And then current events are a really big thing as well is when something's coming up, one way to stay, to, to really push and get out there. And this helps on YouTube. If something's going on in your practice area, record a podcast about it, put it on YouTube as put that video on YouTube as well, and then optimize it with tags, get some chapters in there, really get that video optimized. And you're going to see a lot of traction just on YouTube because it's, you're tapping into a current event that people are searching for. Uh, we had some PI attorneys talking about the Ghislaine. I never know how to say her name because I don't I watch news. Galaine. Is it Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell? 
Yeah. And the, but they did, they just, they had an interview about her and the jury misconduct issue. And they were just explaining jury misconduct through that lens. And that video got a ton of hits, like compared to their normal videos. So they're branding on people who otherwise may not have otherwise seen them because they're talking about a current event. And those are the kind of things that you can use to fill in gaps in some of your content as well and keep things kind of fresh. Yeah, that's super cool. And it also is something interesting as well. Cause like, even if like, you know, you're getting a hundred thousand, 200, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but like, you know, some huge number of views on YouTube, if your total channel views are up, it doesn't matter if those viewers were, you know, interested in the trial from Timbuktu, like the social proof that comes from that is huge and probably really boosts whatever you have within the algorithm, even if you're only targeting people in that city or that state, you know, so kind of an interesting perspective, but on that note, let's talk about syndication a little bit. So we mentioned getting on the podcast players as kind of a starter. How else are we going to get people? And I was going to say, how else are we going to get eyeballs? This? How else are we going to get uh, cochleas? <laughs> are we going to get into people with earbuds on this stuff? Right. Well, the, the main place we want them is the website. And a lot of lawyers are spending big on SEO already. So you need to be talking like your pod, like if you're doing podcasts, you need to make sure you're doing that in conjunction with your SEO team because you want to have a strategy. When we start working with a law firm, they have an SEO team. And one of the first things I want to do is talk to the SEO team is let's get on a call. Let's talk about what our strategy is. And let's talk about how we can work together mm -hmm. to make content that is going to capitalize on your existing SEO spend. And so that's a big one is making, getting it on the website, making sure it's optimized. So when people do land there, because they're looking for answers to their questions that they can then engage with that podcast content easily. So that's mm -hmm. a big one. And then past that social media is a great place for it. And the problem that I see happen a lot, and this happens all the way through big law firms is they'll create an episode and they will grab the link sometimes to SoundCloud, hopefully to their website at a minimum, and they'll put it out and they'll say, Hey, we have a new podcast episode. You should listen to it, whatever. And then that's kind of the extent of their promotion of that episode. And then they're like, why didn't we get any traction with that? And two things happen there is one, social media doesn't like links. It disfavors them because links take eyeballs off the platform. Eyeballs on the platform turns into revenue for them, right? So they're going to suppress links. And in the event somebody does see that link, what are the odds you think they're going to listen to that podcast? Like, hey, you should stop what you're doing while you're just thumbing through mindlessly and listen to my podcast about whatever this is. Even if it's like something that might be moderately interesting to them, the odds are real low. Like I got mm -hmm. friends that will send me podcasts and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to listen to that. I guess there's too many things in my life I have to do right now to stop and do what I'm doing and to do this. And so with that problem in mind, what we developed to overcome that is to create content that actually would get seen. And that's why we make that micro content. That's why we make those video snippets audiograms, little quote images, because that's the kind of content people interact with. It's not a link first, so that doesn't get it suppressed, but it's the kind of content that people stop scrolling, that they look at longer, that they will tap the screen and interact with it. They'll comment that they'll like, and those are the kind of things that the platforms want to show because it keeps people on the platform longer. It keeps them engaged. It keeps them coming back. And so people are going to see that content in their feeds. And then when they see it, a few things are happening there. They're being branded to every time they see it because you create a branded piece of content that you put each of the new pieces on. You've got your branded piece and from there, your template. And you'll make a video. Let's say we'll make a little video, a little 60 second, 120 second piece with your branding on it, with captions. It's you know you talking there. And so when somebody is going through their feed 
they can then see that piece of content. They can see the captions. We've all seen it. We don't have to, we can't hear it because it's not auto on, but we can see it and we can get a second. We read that title. The title's captivating. Oh, that kind of applies to me. I'm dealing with something like that. And then we see the captions for about 10 more seconds and we, we qualify ourselves. We go, that's actually something I do want to know about. And, and you allow them to gather that information quickly and easily. And then they can tap the screen. They can listen to the rest of it. And then they might at the end go, well, now I, I need to know more. I need to know more about that. And so all of those little pieces of content are tiny little low friction ways to bring people in and get them used to who you are, get them to know you and ultimately drive them to listen to the podcast and then be in your world and call, make an appointment, be at a minimum, know who you are as a brand, get to know you better as a brand. If somebody was to act, if you went to, let's say I used to live in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you asked a random person on the street, Hey, I got hit by a car. Who, who should I call for this? They would say Michael A. DeMeo. And just because that's who they know, because they see him everywhere. He's on every radio, he's on every TV. And so from a branding perspective, that kind of thing is very helpful as well. Yeah. You kind of get that stereo sound effect. And um, gosh, I haven't told this one on the podcast a while, but I read this in a book and it was like, did you ever hear the story about how they were trying to promote the live eight relief concert? No, I don't think so. So this is, uh, I read this, I forget what the book was. I think it was made to stick, but basically they like that the whole strategy and they spent a bajillion dollars on this was that they wanted to make sure that people saw it on three different mediums out of like the, the big five. It was like newspaper, TV, radio, but it's that same thing. It's like, it's a stereo sound effect. Like, I think psychologically there's a lot of, there's, there's, you know, there's the principle of familiarity when you keep seeing people. And again, it's just like having a billboard on every side of town, except it's a digital billboard. And, you know, for a lot of people don't even <laughs> commute anymore, that's as good or better. But to your point, I mean, this is, you know, like kind of seeing how the, it, it's interesting how stuff has kind of come full circle. Like I actually, I remember like way back in the day when it was like, everyone's like, oh, you got to go viral like those days. And it was like crazy. And everyone was like, right. what's your Instagram strategy? What's your Twitter strategy? What's your this? What's your that? And it's like, at the end of the day, people want content and the platforms want content in the format that people want. So, and again, to the same point, you can record the one podcast and syndicate this stuff and get the, you know, get the effect. You don't have to be like having, you know, a different department for every single thing. It is, it's just, you know. It's really just kind of the repackaging, but you can accomplish so much. Um, all right. So I want to ask about this too. So when we're talking about organic, do you ever recommend people advertise podcasts directly with like paid ads or something like that? Or is it mostly just kind of building up the presence and making sure we're beating the, the content drum every single week? I'm going to stay in my lane a little bit because I'm not an advertising specialist. Yeah. Uh, I work closely with a lot of firms that are. And I think there can be, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, especially as podcast as tracking around podcasts gets a little bit better too, but there's, I, I'm seeing some clients that are using this and then they're having good results. So I definitely do like to stay in my lane. It's, mm -hmm. it's something I know just enough about to confuse people if I was to talk too <laughs> yeah, much about you, it, but I think it can ultimately, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good tool to, if you know, someone's in a certain position, they're searching for certain things. They're at a moment where this could be good for them. I think it's going to be very big. And voice in general, I mean, Google went in on voice in 2018 when they launched Google Podcasts on my birthday too, like six months after I started my company, <laughs> manna from heaven. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and they went in on podcasting, you know, and I've, I've spent a lot of time at podcast conferences talking to the Google team and they're Google, they're very tight-lipped, but the, the long-term strategy really does seem to focus around voice. Like, you know, when you search for how do I do something now on Google, they will frequently at the very top show you a video. And then they'll, when you click it, it takes you to four minutes into the video because they know that's where you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. And that 
very much looks to be on their roadmap for voice. Yeah. For you, you ask Alexa, you ask Google, you ask Apple, whatever. Those things right now, if you were to ask one of, you know, if I turn and ask Alexa, you know, I need a lawyer near me, right? And she's going to give me probably three or four different options. And right now, I mean, how important it is to be one of those options because the odds of them saying, no, tell me about more, they're probably going to grab one of those, right? Instead of when you're on Google or something, you can always be the kind of person who just scrolls past the ads and goes, I'm the number four person. I'm going to click on that website, right? Yeah. But you really don't have that. And so having content could then serve. What would a lawyer pay if you said to your device, you said, I just got a DWI, what do I do? What would a lawyer pay to be the voice that shows up and says, here's what you need to do first? Yeah. And now, and then after they give you all of that calming information, because they've been there, they know what it's like, they're going to fight for you. Right. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk to this lawyer now? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just, what are, what are lawyers going to pay Google to be in that position, to be the person talking to them? And that's going to start with podcast audio content. It started with YouTube videos. Like when people made those videos, they weren't thinking they would just came back and optimize them for like chapters. Here's what this is about at this moment. And we already do that for our clients is everything is, you know, different subjects throughout every video on YouTube is broken down through chapters so people can find it easier. And that's what is going to be coming for podcasting. And I think that's going to be very helpful for in the advertising and just in the getting notice space. Yeah. Well, it's crazy too, because when you look at the, you know, you're watching the feet, these big tech giants too, like the, you know, Spotify's purchase of the Joe Rogan experience, like all this investment that's happening on Google. It was just one day we knew that Google had invested in YouTube and one day they just started putting the YouTube results at the top of search things. So and again, who can predict the future? But if they're making the investment, it's plausible. It's, you know, there's a timeline where that's the case, which is 100% going to like, you know, it's 100% of possibility. But yeah, like to your point, like also something I've been thinking about a lot too is just sort of uh, advertising fatigue. It's like, you know, going back to that example of like, you know, if you could think of the situation like, oh, I just got a DWI. You wouldn't want to have like a commercial (laughs) call the offices of Murphy. Well, because the thing is that people are fatigued to these messages, like to the point of parody at some point, honestly. But um, when you have a situation where you're not holding a knife to their throat and telling them to like (laughs) to, to call me for a consultation, instead coming first by giving with some content, with some value. And second, by demonstrating authority in the same moment, it's a huge leg up around these other things too. And just like, you know, familiarity is becoming more and more important as time goes on too. Absolutely. And, you know, those Google listings aren't talking, you know, it's, it's, I mean, people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to get there, but you know, you get, if, if, you know, when, if, if, you know, if the tide ever turns that direction, you know, it could be just a moment before those guys are wiped out by the guys been doing podcasts for three years, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the earlier when you said give, 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 you know, you gotta be giving people something. It always makes me think of Gary Vee. That's a very big part of his platform. But he's also the end of what you said is you've got to be thinking about what's next. That's another big thing. One of the, like, you know, he's pretty crass, but I enjoy him because he has his finger on the pulse. And it's, if you're not paying attention to what's next, you're going to get left behind. You know, if you end up with a really good SEO game, but you're not thinking about where people's eyeballs and attention are going next, where's the attention, where's it shifting to, you have to be paying attention to that next space. And I'm just, I mean, thankfully I happen to be in a space where attention is just rapidly shifting too. But one day it might be shifting away and I need to keep my eyes on that. But we already do. We're already thinking that's why we're making not just that audio. We're figuring out a way to market that audio. We're figuring out a way to repurpose it and turn it into YouTube content as well to make sure we're capitalizing on the attention that we can get from each individual piece. Okay. 
So kind of random question again, I understand you probably have uh, like privacy disclosure and stuff, but are there any like super rock solid, like, you know, anonymized case studies or great results that you can talk about in terms of, you know, outcomes that people have gotten from getting a podcast together in terms of like case values, stuff like that? You know, I like to be a little tight lipped about outcomes and things like that. I haven't gotten a lot of clients saying, Hey, talk about our let's, money let's and stuff. Cut it, let's cut it. I'll, I'll have the okay. editor take this out. It's all good. I was, I was, I want to keep, I'll, I'll have the editor okay. cut it out. It was all good. Was oh, like, no, you're if, fine. You, if you had a flex, I was leading into the, the I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I'm happy to talk about like some, a couple of big clients we have, like just to give oh. us some name wrecking. I'm, yeah, Dude, I'll, draw, I'll name drop. Okay. All right. Okay. So I just want to ask in terms of like the kind of people and, um, you know, let's talk about some, you know, I mean, I know you had a lot of folks in personal injury, but like what kind of firms are working with us? Like, is there any names you can drop that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, our biggest client Scadden, um, wow. you know, they're, yeah, they're definitely the, uh, you know, the hundred pound gorilla in, in our room. And, but we love working with them. They've been amazing to work with. They let us do a lot of fun stuff. You know, we have a couple podcasts with them right now. And then we, you know, we work, we have about 10 shows with McGuire Woods, um, we have a few in the uh, AMLAW that made us sign NDAs, but we're having some fun with them anyway. And then um, we really do like our PI firms, though. We work with Dolman in Florida. We've got, we, we work with Judge Shaw in New, New York and New Jersey, Swenson in Utah. We have a lot of PI firms we really enjoy working with. We've just really got a sweet spot for them. They have a lot of fun marketing, and so we've really enjoyed working with them. But those, uh, we really do like those injury firms, but we work with firms all over the spectrum. Okay. And that's super cool too. It's, it's really interesting and just kind of being in the industry for a bit. It's rare that you'll find people that work all the way from the AMLA hundred down. Like that's, that's really, really cool. And just to kind of think about anyone who's on the podcast that's listening to it, like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So dude, it's been super awesome talking to you about this, but for anyone who's like kind of resonating with this and might want to take the next step, what's the best way to get in your world? Lawpods.com. You can find me there and then always feel free to email me directly, Robert at lawpods.com on any social media. We're always at lawpods. You type that in, you're going to find us. And I, I did want to mention one thing. I mean, you work a lot with estate planning attorneys, right? Right. So my very first podcast was an estate planning podcast in my law firm. I don't want to burn any goodwill I've generated, but that was my last practice area I tried before I left law and I couldn't do it because I tried that podcast and I was so bored. It just wasn't <laughs> for me, but that was my first podcast, the future state, the future self estate planning podcast, very holistic approach on like planning your estate and getting your life together. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. It's kind of funny to think about. I feel like estate planning is a super interesting practice area, but I'm probably a little biased, but just like, I think there's so much esoteric stuff. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that it's so close to some of those monster consumer areas. It's like on some level, you're kind of competing against, um, I forget what the guy's name is. Like, I don't know, like Robert Kiyosaki and like that. Kind sure. Of stuff. Sure. So it's, but it's, it's interesting. Like, yeah, no, it's, a, and again, it's, it's funny. Cause like, you know, I know we have clients that came from the podcast or in estate planning stuff too. So you nice. guys know who you are. If you're listening to it. <laughs> Thank you. Got, but, okay. Awesome. Well, Robert, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Um, we'll get everything links in the show notes for that. But um, for everybody else, I'll see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.